You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Let me tell you something about your phone. Actually, let me tell you two things. Have a look at the phone you're holding right now, and think about where it was made. There's a 90% chance it was made in southern China. If you're holding a Samsung, it might have been manufactured in South Korea, Vietnam, Indonesia, or Brazil. But the software that makes your phone do stuff, the operating system, the OS, it doesn't matter if it's Android or Apple. It only comes from one place, the United States. Now, before you add me on Twitter or go crazy in the comments on our YouTube page, I know there's BlackBerry, and of course, a shout out to the old school if you're still using a Nokia phone right now. But the reality is, for the past seven or eight years, in a world that currently has 3.8 billion smartphones, there are only two kinds of operating systems, both from the U.S. Or there was. Now things have changed, but just like your phone contract. Conditions apply. Welcome to the latest edition of Inside China. My name is Xin Meishan. I'm a reporter on the tech desk for the South China Morning Post here in Hong Kong. In this episode, you're going to hear more about something called Harmony, the new operating system developed and released by Huawei. Now, Harmony was originally released in August 2019. But it was only a couple of weeks ago that it really made news, because Harmony is now available for all smartphones and tablets made by Huawei. And just in case you need reminding, Huawei is the biggest manufacturer of smartphones and tablets in the world. Last year, Huawei outbuilt and outsold Samsung to become the world's number one maker of smartphones, or at least it was the world's number one. The world has changed for China's largest telecom company, and the new operating system is just part of the story. With me is John Artman, tech editor for the South China Morning Post. Hi, John. Hey, Xinmei. Uh, so before we start with where we are, let me ask you about how we got here. Let's start in 2019. It's the Trump era. It's all angry tweets and anti-China rhetoric, and the U.S. announces a ban on all American technology to Huawei and effectively bans it from using the Android system and accessing the Google Store. Is that what drove Huawei to develop Harmony? Well, I mean, Huawei has been under the microscope from U.S. policymakers for a long, long time since as early as the, the early 2010s.、Uh, it, for me, it was always kind of interesting paying attention to kind of what was coming out of、uh, U.S. Congress at the time because、uh, they were making a lot of noise about、uh, Huawei's、uh, threats to national security in terms of telecommunications networks and, and, and spying. And then, of course, Edward Snowden leaks all of all of his stuff, and I think. I think everyone kind of paying attention was like, "Oh, okay, now we understand why、uh, the United States、uh, was so concerned about、uh, Huawei." You know, as early as 2012, uh, uh, Huawei had already been considering to create their own、um, operating system.、Um, however, Harmony was first envisioned、uh, actually to be an IoT platform,、um, and so you know now we see that、uh, a lot of the the headlines are、um, about the smartphone side of Harmony,、uh, but in many ways、uh, it actually is more of an I- IoT platform. That being said, you know, one of the big reasons they started development was because in, in、uh, 2012 they were worried about being potentially cut off、uh, from from Android. And the thing is, you have to remember for Chinese smartphone. 
companies, in essence, they're kind of already selling two different products. Uh, and so if you're a Huawei, Xiaomi, or Oppo, you have um, the, the the hardware between, let's say, uh, the Chinese market, the Indian market, and the European market is basically going to be the same. It's going to be the same model. But uh, the difference is in the software already. And so if you're a Chinese customer buying a phone that comes with Android in China already before uh, all these sanctions and before the ban, you know, Android was not coming with uh, Google Play services. And Google Play services is kind of the, the underlying framework uh, for on Android that kind of connects, you know, all the Google stuff. So the Google Assistant, uh, Gmail, Calendar, uh, you know, App Store, all this stuff, right? So for, for Huawei, when we're looking kind of broadly speaking, being cut off from Android uh, was only kind of a big deal internationally. Uh, domestically, um, interestingly enough, uh, they have been doing uh, doing okay. Uh, but when we look specifically at uh, at Harmony, uh, in many ways, yes, uh, it, it is a kind of uh, a reaction to being cut off from Android. But this process was begun uh, much, much earlier than 2019. And Harmony is actually a little bit more uh, than just a, a smartphone operating system. So, John, talk us through the Harmony OS. Is there anything specifically different about the Harmony system that, that's got people talking? For example, you mentioned that it's originally designed for IoT use. Yeah, so you know, there's 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 a lot of kind of big questions uh, about the operating system. I, I think kind of we can kind of break it up into two different two different sides. One is kind of the the, the market side of it, uh, and the other is the technical side of it. And so, um, if we look at uh, the market side of it, one of the big big questions is how does this fit into Huawei's overall strategy? And also, you know, in the smart uh, when it comes to smartphones, uh, will other uh, smartphone makers actually start adopting it. On the technical side, there's some pretty big questions about what exactly Harmony actually is. Um, so as I mentioned, um, there's kind of two versions of, of Harmony. There's the IoT version, and then there's the uh, the smartphone version. A lot of attention is being paid to the smartphone version because, you know, smartphones are everywhere and everyone kind of pays attention to this. And, you know, Android and, and Apple have dominated uh, when it comes to uh, the smartphone operating systems. You know, BlackBerry tried and, and failed, unfortunately. Uh, Windows and Microsoft tried and failed. And so we effectively have a duopoly uh, between um, Android and iOS at the moment. So there was a lot of speculation about whether or not Harmony could potentially challenge this. So it was getting a lot of attention globally um, and and uh, domestically in the developer community. Uh, but there's a lot of questions about what exactly it is. Is it just, quote unquote, uh, another version of Android, or is it something uh, completely different? And 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 the thing is, we don't know. Um, uh, Huawei uh, has opened part of the source code uh, to to the open source community, but if you go on China's uh, GitHub uh, called Gitty, you can you can go and you can download the source code uh, for for Harmony. Uh, but they've also, as with ev- any company, uh, they also have some of the code is closed source. Uh, so there's so some developers uh, globally and domestically have been asking this question. Huawei has said that they have used some bits of uh, of Android, um, part of the the open source um, uh, bits of Android in there. But that's they, they claim that it's just to ease the transition from Android to Harmony. Uh, they've created a, um, a, a a kit, a conversion kit, so that Android developers can easily convert their Android apps onto Harmony. Uh, therefore, hopefully, making it easier and more compelling for users to actually start using Harmony on on their uh, their smartphone. John, so who is this system for? Is it an alternative to Apple and Android, or is it, it is this about a Chinese-specific OS to replace Android and cut off uh, Google products? Well, you know, 
if it was uh, a Chinese replacement for Android, then you would expect that other uh, Chinese smartphone makers would be pretty enthusiastic about adopting it. But the case is actually quite the opposite. Uh, so when um, when Huawei launched the uh, their 2.0 of Harmony, which which is now 100% ready for smartphones as well as uh, smart devices. The only partners that they were actually able to show off at the launch were smart device makers and wearable makers. Uh, no other smartphone uh, company has actually signed on. Not even the smartphone company that they spun off last year as an independent company from Huawei is actually going to be using uh, Harmony. So I think that, you know, again, there has been a lot of talk about, about it being some kind of replacement, but I think if we're looking at kind of market realities, it's just, it's, it's just not, not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if you're Xiaomi or, or, or Oppo, uh, maybe, maybe it would make sense to, to have something like this in your, your Chinese-specific devices. But if you're a customer in India or in um, or in in Europe, and you go into you know a Xiaomi store or you go into an electronics store and you want to buy a new phone, you know it's not going to be an Apple, but you want to buy a new phone, and so you 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 see that there's three different phones: two have Android, one has Harmony. What's actually going to get you to to use that Harmony device? All your friends are using Android. All the all the cool apps and social networks and games that they're playing are are available on Android and iOS already. Are they available on Harmony? Are developers actually building applications for the the, the Harmony platform? And so for any operating system, I mean, this this is why Windows uh, failed with their phone. They were not able to build a developer community uh, around the the uh, the operating system. And you know, these days uh, you have developers who only develop on iOS. You have developers who only develop for Android. Some do uh, cross platform, but. You add in a third option, and the amount of time and energy it takes to actually, you know, make an app in the first place, much less make it kind of work across platforms, you know, it's it's not going to be worth it for for a lot of developers. Um, and so, when we're looking kind of kind of broadly speaking, the only you know clear direction that Harmony is going in right now is on smart devices, so TVs, refrigerators, uh, wearables, um, Huawei-owned products. Um, and then, of course, there's there's a really big uh, opportunity when it comes into the IoT space. And so when we're talking about IoT, right, we're talking about basically anything that you could possibly think of, anything physical. Uh, <clears throat> the, the, the vision for IoT is to, is to connect that to the internet somehow. And so if, if Huawei can kind of, uh, you know, be a first mover in this, if they can be uh, a leader in China for the IoT industry, that's a really, really big opportunity for them. But it's not necessarily going to uh, become reality anytime soon. So not even Chinese smartphone makers are using Harmony. It's starting to sound like Huawei is making a pivot here. Uh, we've been referring to this company as the world's biggest smartphone maker, but it sounds like it's a change of direction. Well, the thing is um, about the world's largest smartphone maker, it definitely is not anymore. Uh, we're seeing uh, the numbers, the shipment numbers for Huawei phones really falling off a cliff. Uh, and, I, and, and that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's, it's not. If you look at some of our recent reporting, you'll see Huawei's share of the global smartphone market is decreasing rapidly. Uh, in China, it's not as bad, but it's still pretty, pretty bad. Uh, and so when we're looking at uh, Huawei kind of holistically, one of the big questions for them is, 
they're being cut off from um, selling their equipment to telecommunications networks around the world. They're uh, smart. They, they can no longer make smartphones because they do not have access to the uh, to the intellectual property or the actual components needed to to, to make them. This is, you know, one of the biggest parts of their business, uh, and which is now uh, floundering uh, significantly. So Huawei, you know, they're casting about for for a new direction. They're trying different things. Um, they have a lot of money. It's not like they're going broke anytime soon. And so they have money, which means they have time. And so right now they're really trying to figure out where they can take uh, where they can take their business in 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 a new direction. So they're ex- they're exploring a few different things. Uh, one of which is um, you know, enterprise services, so helping uh, companies um, to 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 build their um, their networks in their offices, but also um, helping China's manufacturers to really upgrade uh, their entire uh, manufacturing process, and even looking at even more dangerous industries like uh, like coal mining. So bringing five G into the coal mining process, uh, so that there's more automation, uh, there's more data, um, and making it safer and and more efficient at the same time. Uh, they're also going into um, smart vehicles. So uh, they uh, they are currently uh, partnering with the Chinese electric vehicle company um, that uh, that they're selling these models um, inside their the Huawei flagship stores uh, throughout the country. There's been a lot of uh, speculation about whether or not Huawei is going into cars. Uh, they've said uh, many times that they they are not. Instead, they are partnering uh, with uh, with uh, car makers, uh, and they're also uh, exploring kind of smart transportation solutions. So bringing in uh, you know 5G and uh, networking technology onto uh, onto China's roads. And again, most of this really is 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 focused on the uh, the domestic market. And so when we look at uh, Harmony, how does Harmony fit into all of this? Well, as I said before, in my mind, um, IoT is a big, big opportunity for them. IoT right now, it's very fragmented. You have a lot of small companies doing a lot of different things. There is not really uh, the, a big player um, who who is who is going into this this area very strongly, and so for Huawei they're starting off with this with this operating system, um, and so for for IoT I mean like like any any device you need something that mediates between the software and uh, the hardware that's the operating system, and so on the one hand you know they can bring this this IoT strategy into their other other businesses in particular kind of enterprise services uh, and, uh, and and public services. But then on the other hand, uh, they can also uh, license it and sell it to uh, smart device makers and other IoT makers. Uh, On top of that, as I mentioned before, they've made uh, some of the source code open source. And so this is actually pretty pretty significant. Huawei is perhaps the largest company uh, making making this kind of software open source. And so if they can convince uh, developers, again, probably mostly Chinese, if they can convince developers to really begin developing on that, maybe, you know, an IoT startup, instead of trying to, you know, uh, convert uh, uh, Linux to their own use, they can just kind of out of the box, take Harmony, maybe make some changes and then start using that. Um, and so, so when we're looking at, again, kind of, you know, over the next maybe 10 to 20 years, um, it's difficult to say what exactly uh, Huawei is going to look like, but we can see kind of the, some of the directions that they're, uh, they're experimenting with right now. So, John, Huawei has been called a national champion of Chinese technology. What is the bigger story here in terms of in the backdrop of the U.S.-China competition? Well, so again, you know, as, as we mentioned in the very beginning, a lot of this started for Huawei in 2019, uh, or at least some of the 
the immediate impacts. Um, and we really saw kind of the uh, the power that the United States government had if it wanted to severely cripple an economy <laughs> or, a, or, or a specific uh, company. Um, so far, they've only really focused on Huawei. Obviously, there was this case with ZTE, uh, slightly, slightly different um, in, 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 a, in, in some senses. But, you know, under the, the, the Trump administration, the, uh, the rhetoric the, uh, and the pressure uh, really ratcheted up. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk with Obama uh, under the Obama administration, especially as as he was he was leaving, about the need to take a strong stance against China. And a lot more there's there's a lot more strong voices coming from uh, the United States Congress uh, as well as other public figures um, in media, newspaper, et cetera, et cetera. So with Donald Trump again, we saw we saw something that would that in a certain sense. Was probably inevitable. Uh, if Clinton had won had had won the election, we might have seen something quite similar. But with Trump, I mean, you know, it was just so unpredictable. You know, he could go on Twitter. You know, we would wake up here in Hong Kong to a, a tweet about TikTok, and we're like, "What the heck is actually going on?" Uh, and so, covering that story for us was uh, was a bit of a roller coaster. And so, when Joe Biden won uh, the election for American president, there were a lot of questions about kind of you know what what's his policy going to be? Um, how is he going to uh, continue this uh, quote-unquote tech war uh, with China? Will he actually continue the tech war with China? And so I think you know everyone, including Huawei, was in a bit of a wait-and-see moment, seeing, seeing what would happen. And so we're about six months in, uh, and the policy is, in fact, becoming clearer and clearer. So on the, on the questions of uh, TikTok and uh, WeChat, as an American, I just want to say that this is uh, an example of our system actually working uh, because the uh, TikTok bans and the WeChat bans were deemed, in effect, unconstitutional. Um, and uh, Joe Biden um, has said that he's going to completely uh, repeal those. Uh, but he will. Uh, he, the, his administration has started a broad security review of uh, Chinese or foreign controlled applications is the way that they uh, the way that they put it and then with Huawei well it's they're 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 very much uh, a casualty of of all this and it doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon uh, the US Senate recently passed a bill it's now in the US uh, House of Representatives and uh, one one uh, clause in that bill uh, effectively says that Huawei cannot be taken off the entity list uh, which means that any sanctions placed on them it's not going to go away uh, without the explicit permission of of the Congress and so what that what that's done and so originally you know the the sanctions and the entity list all of this was from uh, the White House so the executive branch and now the legislative branch is saying you know what mr. president doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter who wins the next election if you want to you know give Huawei a break you got to ask us first and you know if Joe Biden decides to ask Congress they're probably gonna say no okay John thanks for your time that's all we have for you this week on Inside China. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can find the latest news and updates on everything about Huawei and China's big tech companies on the South China Morning Post website at cmp.com. And in case you missed it, don't forget some of our previous episodes about China's big tech companies. Back in May, we brought you a special episode on Beijing's antitrust crackdown. And before that, we looked at ByteDance launching an IPO on the U.S. stock exchange. My name is Xin Meishen. It's great to be back on the Inside China podcast. Stay safe, and we'll be back next week with another episode. As critical news stories emerging from China continue to shape lives and business around the world, 
The weekly SCMP Global Impact Newsletter brings you expert analyses and insights on the economics of COVID-19, society, technology, and the environment. Sign up to receive your weekly email at scmp.com newsletters.